Hello and welcome back or welcome to Time is Running Out. This is episode two of season one of my new podcast about watches. We have quite a few new releases to talk about, mainly with a focus on Year of the Dragon releases, which there are a surprising number of this time round. We also have a few Omegas to discuss this episode, so let's dive into it. Starting off the episode, we are going to look at the Omega Speedmaster Dark Side of the Moon, comparing the new model and the old model. Starting with prices, the new model is priced at £13,500, while the old model is £10,100. Both feature a 44.25mm case in black ceramic. The new model, however, has a rubber strap opposed to the old model, which was on a leather strap. Both have sapphire crystal front and back casing. This watch has 5 bar or 50 meter water resistance. The new model weighs in at 99 grams, while the old model weighs in at only 89 grams. The new model has a 50 hour power reserve, with the old model having only 48. The new Dark Side of the Moon runs on the Calibre 3869, while the old model is running on the Calibre 1869. Both have the chrono functionality. And then we come to the differences, whereby the new model has a Saturn V second hand, which is a beautiful detail in my opinion. It is made of hand-finished aluminium and is truly a piece to behold. On the new model, we also have far more attention to colour, tone and clarity. The new model, however, does not have the Superluminova tachymeter bezel or crown logo, which we can see on the old model, so fans of the Loom will be disappointed to hear this. Both movements are manual wind, however, the Calibre 3869 is clearly superior to its predecessor, the Calibre 1869, and in my opinion is well worth the £3,400 extra. Moving forward onto the main feature of this episode, we have the Year of the Dragon Watches, and our opening one is the Breguet Classique Dragon Double Turbion, reference number 5345. This beautiful watch features a 50-hour power reserve running on the Calibre 588N, with sapphire case back and front. The case size of this it comes in at 46mm. It features double tourbillons which are independent of one another. The case is made out of platinum and the dragon is for the Chinese Lunar New Year. The watch comes on a alligator leather strap with a triple blade folding clasp. This is a special edition and the price very much reflects that, whilst also reflecting both tourbillons and platinum in terms of the construct, coming in at a mighty £700,000, VAT included. Moving on, we have another Dragon Watch, the Classique Dragon 7145, limited to only 8 pieces, this watch is made of 18 karat rose gold, featuring a self-winding movement in a 40mm case. 
This watch has a 45-hour power reserve and runs on the Calibre 502.3. This watch only has 3-bar or 30-meter water resistance and comes in with another hefty price tag, though less so than its predecessor, £71,000, VAT included. Moving on to my personal favourite on the list, we have the IWC Portuguese Chronograph Year of the Dragon. This watch is the most budget-friendly of the ones you will see on this list, coming in at £8,450. The case is stainless steel, with a vermilion red face and with featuring gold accents, which make it very, very impressive. It is a self-winding movement in a 41mm case, featuring sapphire case back and front. Like the classic Dragon 7145, this only has 3 bar or 30 meter water resistance. The rotor, which can be clearly seen from the case back, is a gold dragon rotor, which is very beautiful to witness. This watch runs on the Calibre 69355 and boasts 46 hour power reserve. This watch also has chronograph functionality and is limited to a thousand pieces. The watch comes on a black calfskin strap and has a red rubber strap included in the same colour as the face. Moving on to my final feature on this list, we have the Blancpain Calendrier Chinois Traditionnel, which is a 45.2mm case made of 18 karat rose gold with a sapphire crystal case front and back. This watch boasts a very impressive 168-hour power reserve and has a beautiful green Grand Fur enamel dial. This comes in with a price tag of £63,800 and has an alligator leather strap as standard. This Blanc Power runs on the Calibre 3638 automatic movement and is a very impressive piece. It features a perpetual calendar with a yin and yang rotor, which is very beautiful. It also has a moon phase functionality at six o'clock on the dial. Like in our last episode, we also have another AP Royal Oak collaboration to talk about. This one being the AP Royal Oak female concept, featuring a flying tourbillon and limited edition. This particular model is a collaboration with Horte Couture, designer Tamara Ralph. This beautiful piece is in 18 karat rose gold, which has the frosted effect. It's a 385 millimeter case with a 20 meter or two bar water resistance. The dial itself is brown, bronze, rose and yellow gold layered, which cre creates quite an impactful effect. The hands on this are rose gold and feature quite a bright luminescence. This also comes on an alligator strap as standard with an 18 karat rose gold clasp. This particular model runs on the Calibre 2964, which is a manual wind movement, running a 72 hour power reserve. In my humble opinion, this watch is not all it's cracked up to be. It's not necessarily the most attractive watch, or necessarily what lots of us were looking for in terms of another AP collaboration. 
Since our last episode, I have purchased another watch, this one being the Omega Seamaster 300m Diver. This is a beautiful watch and has changed very little over its several decades. This particular one I got is uh, a 2001 model. It features a helium release valve and a one-way bezel as we would expect on any diver. There is a date window at 3 o'clock and it is an automatic movement. This particular model runs on the Calibre 1120 and has a 44-hour power reserve in a 41mm case. The dial on this is the classic that we expect of a Seamaster and is the blue wave dial. This watch has a blue aluminium bezel uh, and a sapphire crystal front, although I have been told you can also pay to have a exhibition case back put on, though I personally don't see the point. I purchased this particular one second hand and you you can tend to see these particular ones selling for between two and four thousand pounds. This particular one came with box and papers, all original. One of the watches I didn't talk about in the last episode is one that is very dear to me because of the sentimental value. This particular one is not what you would come to expect of someone so young as me to have. It is a pocket watch, an Oris that my grandfather gave to me a few years ago and he told me a story with it as he does with all of his watches. This particular one he was given on his 21st birthday and he has had it tucked away for a great many years. I had spent many years looking at it, admiring it and enjoying it and eventually he gave it to me. I am unsure of the model or anything other than the fact that it is a manual wind. I'm looking at it now and it is similar to the Bambino dial on the Orient watches. It's a stainless steel case, that I am sure of, and it is a Swiss made watch. On the dial itself, we can see only hour marker indicators, but no numbers and no loom, which we would expect of a modern watch. On the dial at 12 o'clock, we have written Oris and Anti-Shock, and down at 6, we have it written Swiss Made. This particular piece is of sentimental value to me because... I know it was so important to my granddad when he gave it to me. Something new I wanted to talk about is watches within the automotive industry. And there are a few that come to mind when I think of this, all three of which are Rolls Royces. The first being the Rolls Royce boat tail. Rolls Royce has got quite a taste for fancy clockery. One of three bespoke boat tails revealed in 2021 came with a very fine set of matching detachable clock watches from Swiss specialist Beauvais. Each has a 44mm white gold case, which are double-sided and a Rolls-Royce grille and Spirit of Ecstasy emblem on one side, a hand-painted boat tail on the other. 
It can also be detached and worn as a watch, widely rumoured to have been bought by Jay-Z and Beyonce. Another one-off Rolls-Royce, another unique clock or watch, this time from another of Switzerland's very finest, Vacheron Constantin. The Amethyst is the second of four drop tails that Rolls-Royce intends to build, a two-tone purple beauty named after the birthstone of the buyer's son. The colour coding is carried through the pattern dial of the Le Cambinotier Armillari Tarbion, which is about as sophisticated a piece of watchmaking as you can find anywhere. As a triple axis tourbillon, which leads to less effects of gravity acting upon the watch. The way it tells the time is both clever and car themed with retrograde hour and minute hands, so the minutes go from 0 to 60 like a speedometer, then click back to 0 and start again. It has a hand wound movement with large crown for easy winding. When removed from the dash, it can also be carried as a pocket watch. Finishing off our list of three is the Rolls-Royce Le Rose Noir drop tail. The first Rolls-Royce drop tail is full of delightful touches, like the tiny wooden tiles decorating the interior and a champagne fridge that presents flutes at the touch of a button. The clock is a masterpiece all of its own, and it's not just a clock. Press another button and a powered mechanism presents the timepiece to be worn as a watch. The one-off version of the Adamar Piquet Royal Oak concept split-second chronograph GMT is a highly technical piece with an in-house automatic movement in a 43mm titanium case. It has a quick-release strap for speedy con conversion from clock to watch and back again. When on the dash, the strap is stored in a special leather pouch. The clock alone would cost in the region of 150 to 200,000 pounds. Certainly not a bargain, but in a best-spoke car, rumoured to be somewhere around £25 million, the price is unlikely to have troubled the anonymous buyers too much. Depending what you lot think about this feature, it could become a regular addition to our episodes. This time round, we intend to do something different. An ASMR. This week, featuring the Omega Seamaster 300 meter that I purchased. Starting off with the bezel. Moving on to the crown. And onto the strap itself. Another new feature of this episode for the podcast is a brief overview of the history of various watch brands, starting this episode with Tudor, a brand that rose to prominence a great many years ago and then was reintroduced thanks to David Beckham's efforts in 2017. Tudor has a long and very rich history. 
This next bit is taken directly from Tudor. It was 6th March 1946, and the author of these words was none other than Hans Wilsdorf, a prominent figure in Swiss watchmaking since establishing Rolex during the first decade of the 20th century and successfully overcoming some of the sector's principal technical challenges in the process. By this declaration, for some years now, I have been considering the idea of making a watch that our agents could sell at a more modest price than our Rolex watches, and yet one that would attain the standard of dependability for which Rolex is famous. I decided to form a separate company with the object of making and marketing this new watch. It is called the Tudor Watch Company. He officially announced a new brand, Tudor as well as the novel position and communication strategies that he had in mind for it. Hans Wilsdorf's intuition was as ingenious as it was simple. At the time, the wristwatch market was in full expansion. The public was quite ready to recognise and appreciate a product for which all the technical and functional characteristics, as well as the distribution, would be guaranteed by an established watch brand reputed worldwide for the quality of its production. A bold new vision, dates 1926 through to 1952. In fact, Tudor and its creations can be traced back to 1926, the year in which the brand was registered on behalf of Hans Wilsdorf. However, it was with the products and advertising campaigns of the 1950s that Tudor acquired its strength and personality. Between 1947 and 1952, Tudor successfully launched waterproof watches under the Tudor Oyster name, then the Tudor Oyster Prince range, which combined robustness, waterproofness and automatic winding. Rare features in the watchmaking landscape of the time offered at accessible prices. In 1952, the Tudor Oyster Prince was launched accompanied by an advertising campaign that was particularly original and striking for the era, far from merely representing and describing the product, as was customary at the time. This campaign stressed the qualities of resistance, reliability and precision, not only with highly detailed text, but also with illustrations of labourers with a Tudor on their wrists doing hard work in extreme conditions, for example in road construction or mining. These striking images associated with the credibility the product had already acquired, helping give Tudor watches a style and personality reflecting the ideas of modernity and reliability, gently surpassing the individual context in which they were shown. In this respect, the participation of 30 Tudor Oyster Prince watches in the British North Greenland Expedition organised by British Royal Navy from 1952 to 1954, was a founding episode on the robustness philosophy that still characterises Tudor today. A tool watch. In the 1950s, riding the wave of success obtained largely thanks to this Arctic expedition, Tudor undertook a project to develop a professional diver's watch, meeting exceptional criteria of durability, reliability, precision and waterproofness, while still proposing a moderate price. The first Tudor Oyster Prince Submariner appeared in 1954, and numerous developments followed, in particular the famous Snowflake, 
the name given by watch collectors to models with square-tipped hands and square hour markers. In the 1950s and until the mid-1980s, successive models were provided to the French Navy, for which Tudor was the official supplier. Over the same period, Tudor also equipped the US Navy with its submariners. In the brand's catalogue until 1999, the Tudor Prince Oysterdate Submariner remains one of the most emblematic models of the brand, which never stopped perfecting it. The last addition to the category in 2012, the famous Black Bay and Pelagos models, pay handsome tribute to this rich heritage. At the same time, Tudor made its mark on the history of the chronograph, the emblematic instrument of motorsport. Moving on to the final feature of this week's episode, we have my choice of three grail watches. Starting off this list, we have the Patek Philippe Nautilus Tiffany & Co. dial. This watch is absolutely beautiful to look at, but with a $4.9 million price tag, it is unlikely many of us will ever come to own one. However, many replicas and very well-made super clones can be found on the market for far less than this price. Watch number two is the Jägerlecoultre Reverso with flying tourbillon. This particular model is absolutely mesmerizing to look at and the tourbillon can be viewed on both sides of the duetto face. This is a mesmerizing piece. And this is truly an enchanting piece that I wish I had in my collection. Finishing off this month's instalment of Grail Watches is one we've already looked at. And that is the Double Turbion Dragon from Breguet, the 5345. Obviously, with a price tag of £700,000, it's unlikely again that many of us will ever come to own this. But it is truly... A beautiful piece that I wish, again, I could have in my collection. Thank you very much for listening to episode two of Time is Running Out. If you have any stories you would like to share, please feel free to get in touch. Also, if you have any suggestions or criticisms, please feel free. This is a chance for me to learn and improve. Thank you again for listening. And I hope to see you all next month.